All right. Three, two, one. Hi. <laughs> what if he came on just to do that? To, to, to keep the perfect synchronization going. <laughs> All right. So, um, for what have you, did you do the triangle strategy demo? I can't remember. Okay. Okay, cool. Let me see. Uh, Pac-Man. Vita. Oh, I, I've been playing. You want to, you want to hear a secret? I've been playing, uh, wait, I want to be really silent because I see like a little weird waveform somewhere. Okay, we're good. I've been playing, uh, I'm not going to talk about my cast, Colin's new game, uh, Hyperoxia 2. It's, he, he calls himself a video game writer. Uh, so I'm getting the plat, obviously. So that's why I want to dump it on Brian when I finish it. Uh, he calls himself a video game writer. I kid you not, Nick. The full amount of text he wrote is less than... I don't think you ever played the other one, the Brick Breaker one. It's it's like a third of that. It's so short. He wrote the intro, which is literally just a couple flavor paragraphs of like, oh, mankind went to the stars and a pilot, right? It's an intro, and he wrote like a little tutorial which had like a back and forth between a father and daughter uh, conversation, which was like... A page total of a of a script you know what i mean it was like it was like a page uh and that was the only scene that took place i was like well i mean at least this is like a conversation right uh i thought there would be a story like you play through all the levels no story elements happen i was like okay like because she's supposed to go find her dad that's the whole point of the story that he set up the end i beat the final boss and it's just like a summary it's like a it's like a quimby or you know that's that's a law school it's a, a spark notes summarization of of what happened like it felt like it was like it said like sabrina found the remains of her father and the end like it didn't like it wasn't a scene it wasn't her it wasn't like a cutscene of her walking up and finding her dead dad it was just like uh after the final battle sabrina found a homing beacon and traced it and found her father's ship and confirmed that he was dead and then she went home thanks for playing i the whole thing was probably three pages typed and for a whole year, he said, he's, oh, I'm writing a video game. Like, he did. I, I could do that in an hour, and it would be less clunky. He's a good writer. for His his articles are good. He's just not good at that. And it, it's... Yeah, it was haltingly bad. It was really annoying. Uh, but that had, like, interstitial scenes... Like, it, didn't, it wasn't good, but, like, after a boss fight, like, Chris and Colin would, like, talk to each other and say, that was weird. And he'd say, yeah. And they'd say, okay, let's go. The, like, they had that. There was literally nothing. It was the opening, and then it was this end, like, summary of what happened. Almost like he was gonna write more, and then he just, like, completely gave up and was like, fuck, I'm just doing a paragraph. It was the weird... It was baffling. Like, he, he must not have done any work for the whole year on it. Uh, and there was just nothing. Yeah, yeah, Barry. Like, the game itself is pretty adequate. You know, it's just a regular indie shoot 'em up like, with no cutscenes in between. So why is he a writer? <laughs> like, I'm sure Barry could have done the exact same thing if he wanted to, but it, it was actually distracting because, like... Yeah, he's... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, whatever. Uh, it's the exact same as Abroxia 1. I thought it was going to be expanded, have story, like, have 
have conversations, it was the exact same. The first one was the the game. It was literally just more levels from that. That, that was a. I'm pretty sure the bosses had the same name. I might be wrong. They're named after like Norse gods, and I maybe the first one was Greek gods, but I know they were named after gods. So I don't know. All right, that rant is over. Now I can proceed to podcast in peace. I've gotten that anger out. Ugh. <laughs> he really doesn't deserve to be on that video game at all. I, I can't wait to see his JRPG or whatever he's writing because he clearly can't write if he took a year to do that. Jeez. What is up, everybody, and welcome to Pseudo Ludo. Uh, we, we have a pretty special episode today. I'm your I'm your host, Murph, and I'm joined solely by Nick. It's a date. It's a special date. Yeah, yeah, this is like... Uh, the, <laughs> Nick and I, Nick and I went to Panda Express, uh, freshman year. This is a little back backseat lore for you. We we went to Panda Express and had a good time, just the two of us. On someone else's dime, uh, it was candlelit. I think it was around Valentine's. <laughs> it w- it was very like datey, and and that was okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with two guys enjoying some Chinese food together at at a shop at a shopping center. You know. Yeah, that's the most important part is, you know, I didn't have to pay for Nick's fried rice. That's, you know, we'll, we'll leave the uh, mysterious uh, benefactor of ours. Uh, we'll remain anonymous. But, well, uh, Brian couldn't make it this week, and we have a pretty good show. So uh, I'd say without further ado, let's get right into it, okay? We're going to be talking about the PSVR announcement. We're going to be talking about the state of play that's coming out, and uh, BlizzCon, and all kinds of other updates. Uh, so, Nick, what have you been playing? Yeah, that one is, it's like a ball, right? Like, masquerade ball. Yeah. Oh, hey. How? Okay, that's a weird place to keep that. Uh, <laughs> how did you enjoy that? Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. Uh, I definitely want to play that, so hopefully I can borrow it. Yeah. Wait, do you have that on physical? I've asked this for... Because this I have this conversation like once a month with you. Because you still haven't beaten it. Okay. That's good. Well, uh, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad you're finally buckling down and playing some of these Switch games that you own. So, you're going to become more cultured. I can already hear the bananas that you're accumulating. Working title. (laughs) 
Uh, no. So I opened it and I went through like the dialogue and clicked through, and I got to like the gameplay, and there was like exploration, and then I was I was just uh, no. So I, I watched some gameplay of it on YouTube though to kind of be prepared to talk about it. Yeah, for the demo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can answer that if you if you'd like cuz uh the 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 YouTube video I had pulled up. Let's let me go to it. It's Okay. So the gameplay starts at and this isn't even a battle for a tactics game this is just when you get to start exploring it starts around the 11 minute mark so that's pretty hefty for just like text boxes on a you know jrpg which i i don't know that's whatever it's a it's it's a demo yeah if anything drop you drop you right into the gameplay Yeah, it's a little minimal. What'd you think of what'd you think of the battle? For those who haven't seen the gameplay, like how would you, what would you describe it? Like, kind of what, like what is this game? You know. Yeah, like a, like a tactics, tactics uh, JRPG. It's a tactics JRPG. Um, it's basically Final Fantasy Tactics, and you know other games of that ilk. Yeah, they they probably should have done a lower, picked a smaller smaller scope battle. I don't know. Yeah. My my theory on maybe why the demo is so like in depth in terms of you know having you do have a huge party to battle with and like a lot of dialogue and stuff. It's probably because like they know their audience and it's going to be people that are already really into this genre, you know, of like nerdy jrpgs uh so they probably need less you know uh i don't know they probably want to see it at, at its full depth because they you know are, are much more accustomed to it but but yeah for, for trying to bring on a new audience is probably not the best demo but uh what did you think of the aesthetic because i think that definitely stands out the most with these uh these games Yeah, it's like, two, it's, so they call it, it's, they call it HD2D, that's what they call it, um, and this is what they use in Octopath Traveler, uh, it's basically if you took, like, a Super Nintendo graphics, but then, you know, the sprite-based pixel art, but then put it on, like, a 3D field, I guess, is how you would describe it, right? Uh, 
it's kind of tilt shifted. You know, it, it almost looks like a little diorama and these like, basically I think everything except the characters is like 3D and then the characters are pixel based. It's really cool. The lighting, I think the lighting effects really make it look beautiful and it definitely looks, I, from when I played Octopath Traveler a little on the Switch, like I think it really, it looks really nice on a small screen like that. But Mm -hmm. It makes me, it does make, I mean, it's very unique looking, but it does make me wonder why, how it would look if they just went all 3D. Cause it, like the background looks really, really nice. And then you have like more cartoony 2D characters where it's a little, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really pretty, but I think like the, the best part of like older 2D games is how simple everything is. And this is like very detailed where it's like, it's just looking at the characters I'm looking at it right now, looking at the characters, it's going to be hard to tell them apart kind of because of, I don't know how detailed everything is, but, but it looks cool. Yeah. It's an out for you. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask of you, if you are interested, obviously we'll, you know, we'll see what the reviews are like and all that, but, but just on this demo, you probably wouldn't pick it up. Right. <laughs> no, you can't. You, you're not. A... <laughs> uh, what if? What if? Like, if you play the demo, you have to pick up at chapter six. You... Um. Uh, yeah, I think I would. I would. I mean, for me, it would be a wait because. I. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I've mentioned, but the phone, I, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics is on mobile. So I, that might, I've heard that's a pretty decent way to play if you don't mind playing on a phone, but I, I could always loan you the Vita once I'm, once I've played through most of the games I want to play on it. You know, we can do a, you swap me the Donkey Kong. Yeah. <laughs> Work out a little, a little backroom deal here. Uh, yeah, I think, I think for me, it'd be like, I haven't played the original. I haven't beaten the game it's inspired by yet. You know, obviously it's inspired by Final Fantasy Tactics. So I'm not going to be getting to this until I go through some of the more, some of the games that inspired it. That's kind of where I was with Octopath uh, Traveler as well, where it's like, if I haven't played Final Fantasy VI, why would I spend 60 on this game when I should just go play the the, the classic that it's trying to, you know, you know, trying to recreate here. So that's kind of where I am with these games. They look great, and I'm sure if you're a fan of that series or of the Final Fantasy, you know, the older style games, this is like a godsend because these are some of the only well-made 2D RPGs that exist, which that still have, like, this is a Square Enix game, so this is still pretty, you know, this, these aren't indie. They're they're smaller budget, but I think it's a pretty cool series. I, I like what they're doing. It's probably just not for us. Um, You play anything else this week? cool yeah uh i didn't do too much i played more you know of what i've been playing on the vita final fantasy tactics as we were discussing i let's see i played some pac-man actually my girlfriend and i played some of that which is a lot of fun uh i have the a counter sized uh arcade cabinet of miss pac-man and we were playing that a lot you know chasing high scores and stuff and that's always fun to go back to some arcadey games but Mm. 
I hmm. Galaga. No, I didn't have that one, but I had a I had a different arcade like collection on my PS2, PS2. Uh but yeah, actually Kelsey, I mean if you're if you want that exact playlist that you just mentioned, Kelsey bought um my girlfriend bought the there's like a Namco arcade collection on the Switch for like $10 right now and it has Oh, so yeah, it's probably that. It's uh Yeah, so I was playing a little bit of that actually. That that specific one with her. So it's got Pac-Man, Dig Dug, Galaga, um a couple others. So maybe check that out if you're in the mood. It's normally $30, which is very hefty for, you know, 40-year-old games, but right now it's on sale for $9.99. Cop it. Uh, <laughs> you can actually, you could you could probably play with her because um, there's actually some online, there was an online mode that we played, which is pretty fun, like where you can play with up to three people over Bluetooth on different switches, and one person controls Pac-Man and the other people control the ghosts. And whoever, like, gets Pac-Man gets to play as Pac-Man the next round, and you kind of try to... It's, like, round-based, and you try to get the highest score while you're Pac-Man. So, pretty cool. I, I haven't noticed that, but I mostly play at home. So, I guess it wouldn't really affect me too much. But they did update the Switch probably since both of us got it. There was a newer version of the Switch that had a better battery by like an hour or three hours, something. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I was just thinking about this. It's weird that it's already been four years since the, the Switch came out, you know? And so that's kind of crazy. That's halfway through. I mean, some some the PS5 was like a five, or the PS1 was a five-year console, essentially came out in 95 and the ps4 came out in uh 2000 that's that's how a lot of and, and handhelds you know i think the switch is probably ready for an update which as crazy that as that seems because it seems like to me that i was just playing breath of the wild uh you know like a year ago it's been four years though yeah yeah It's not ergonomic. It's not ergonomic, yeah. I totally agree with you. I the Vita is not even super ergonomic in the sense that like it doesn't like fit to your hand, I guess, but it does. It just it's smaller, you know, so it's more comfortable to hold. Uh and and they're going for different things. You know, the Switch is like the closest to a console on the go that we've ever gotten. Whereas like the Vita is more of a true handheld, but I think I I think I prefer true handhelds in that sense. I don't really need the hybrid uh, nature of a Switch. It's cool in very select circumstances, but usually when I'm on the go, I want a smaller scaled game anyways. I don't need to be playing Skyrim, you know, on a train. That's it. Some, make sure... So that's what I got on my switch so that I could play with her. Um, but you, you would get the, the full one has like the actual games on it. That's just to play the, the multiplayer version. It's like a multiplayer Pac-Man game. It's not actually Pac-Man. It's like, but it's similar. Uh, but yeah, it's like the nine ninety nine museum one. 
if you open it up and look through like the it'll have like pac-man galaga all that um all right so that's what we've been playing and now let's get into the news how about that all right well uh first up the psvr is getting a sequel so this comes from a playstation blog announcement that says um introducing the next generation of vr on playstation uh so the original playstation playstation vr launched four years ago nick again time flies over four years ago they say yeah what was that like 2016 um and they basically announced that a new console new vr console is in development it's not expected to be launching in 2021 and they didn't really go into details there's no photos even um the only real real substantive info that we got was that it has a single cord now which is a simpler setup than it used to have so i don't know i'm pretty excited for this i've been waiting for a long time uh on vr because i you know we knew with the new console that we'd be getting a refreshed version of the vr system so didn't really make sense to buy an older one at this point but uh I, i'm pretty excited for this one what do you what are your thoughts on it drop yeah hey For, for the new VR headset I would think I would think closer to 300 something like that the first one was 500 when it launched oh I did not know I did not realize it was 500 yeah that's quite a bit steep uh I don't know the the thing is like that was very early in VR and you know as technology, gets more sophisticated usually the price goes down uh psvr in general it seems like they're going for kind of like a you know we're not the high end we're not the the premium you know uh quest or something like that we're we're the most accessible uh of the vr consoles and it's the best selling one and i think they're going to want to keep that as much as possible but yeah i think 300 is probably a little low it depends i guess on how much they're upgrading the system you know is it more of a, a 1.5 refinement of the first one that just like makes it simpler, makes it run better? Or is it going to be much more tech heavy? The fact that it still has wires makes me think that they're, you know, cutting some corners on the price to keep it more affordable. At least that's my hope because I think that works better for what it is. It's trying to get a big install base so that eventually it makes sense to start developing games for it. Because if you have a $2,000 headset like the one Apple's making, no one's going to make any software for that because you're not going to sell any, you know? There's going to be five people in the world that owns it. But, yeah, maybe 400 450 seems about right. I don't know. 
Yeah, we'll have to see more. It, it seems like it was kind of just like a one of those business-minded uh, announcements where they just wanted to get it out there for stock reasons and you know that kind of thing, investor you know satisfaction, and not really like a, we're ready to talk about this. It was kind of just like a we need to talk about this sort of thing. So who knows? Maybe they originally had plans to talk about it earlier and they had to you know slow it down because of covid excuse me but yeah i guess you know we don't know too much we'll be waiting to hear more about it well uh another update on the playstation blog is the return of the play at home initiative which is uh once again this was a new thing last year from playstation that um it was kind of a you know stay at home type of thing, reaction to COVID-19, and it offered the Nathan Drake Collection and Journey. And uh, we are getting a return to the Play at Home initiative, and it's going to be a four-month event kicking off in March, and it's going to give Ratchet & Clank PS4 out for free. And is that the only game? Yeah, that is, right? Um, oh, and there's, there's a... Some kind of deal going on with Funimation, which is a anime um, platform, like Netflix streaming platform, which I believe Sony owns part of. So there's those two things. But basically, long story short, Ratchet & Clank 2016 is going to be free. So pick that up starting in March. Great game. Obviously, we know why they picked this. It's to get even more people excited about potentially getting the sequel that comes out soon. So uh, hop on that, you know. Yeah, that's just a, a play on stay at home. Well, if you had the Vita, maybe you could be playing somewhere else. Or if you had the Switch, you'd be playing on a rooftop party with the hip kids. But but Sony doesn't seem to want to do that. They they seem to not like the Vita. So so I guess we can only play at home, can't we? Uh. <laughs> Very, very um, sad that they did that. But uh, more more PlayStation news. This is a big one, Nick. State of Play is coming out tomorrow. That's right. You heard it. Tomorrow. I know when you're listening to this podcast, you're going to be like, no, that already happened, so why aren't you guys covering it? Well, guess what? I'm going to cover it. I'm going to cover it by myself tomorrow. We're going we're gonna to edit in a little adamendum right around here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you my thoughts on the State of Play. Because you guys will always, you know, hear my horrible takes, whether you want to or not. So, uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna pump it in right here. Or you think I you think I should add it at the end? I, I like it here. You know, this is where I'm feeling it. All right. Well, uh, uh, future Tim, but still relatively in the past, uh, Tim. <laughs> what what did you think of the state of the play? Yeah, uh, thanks for filling us in, Tim. That was future Tim for all you guys. Uh, really, wow. I mean, God of War Ragnarok is out tomorrow. I can't even can't even begin to process that. Well, well, thanks so much, uh, and you know we'll we'll stay we'll stay tuned on that. Okay. Um, up next in the news, it's funny because like 
the Final Fantasy 16 news and stuff that I'm about to talk about could get completely redundant if there's like a whole trailer for it. Up next in the news, uh, we had BlizzCon this week, which gave us some updates about some of our favorite games, like WoW Classic getting the Burning Crusade expansion and Overwatch 2, and also Diablo, but none of us really care about that, right? Yeah, I'm interested too, actually. Take a look. Yeah, take a look at that. I'd be down. I always hear how, you know, how amazing it is, so... Well, let's touch a bit on WoW Classic, World of Warcraft Classic, which is the vanilla version of just the original uh, 2004 World of Warcraft, is getting its first expansion, which is obviously the famed Burning Crusade expansion that came out originally, uh, when was that, 2006? 2000, something like that, I think, 2005, 2006? Uh, so this is one of the most highly, perhaps the most highly regarded uh expansion and a lot of people who played the original world of warcraft call this the peak of world of warcraft this and the Bur or um wrath of the lich king which comes out next so we're kind of getting to the golden age of world of warcraft in this in this kind of relaunch of the game i'm definitely going to get back into play this i did not play this originally uh so it'll be cool to be there for it if i if i can get a character to max level by then which you know, to be determined, because I don't know if I if I have that kind of time right now. But I would definitely, I would love to finagle it if I can. That's all I'll say. But it um, it's definitely big news. It's uh, a lot of people were expecting this, but it's exciting nonetheless. The real question, I think, and is when they'll stop doing the expansions. Because if they kept, if they added every expansion, it wouldn't be WoW Classic anymore, obviously. So, um. But this shows they're willing to keep updating it. I actually think the smartest idea would to do this would be to do this one and then the next one, which are two very popular expansions, and then either uh, cease development or make like a new expansion just for WoW Classic. You know, that'd be kind of cool. But it kind of would be counter. It would run counter to the whole point, which is nostalgia. But eventually, nostalgia gets old. So who knows? Got to do something to keep those subscriptions up. Well, Nick, uh, Overwatch 2 had a few updates. Uh, nothing huge. It seems like we're still pretty far away. Uh, we just got a few more updates on the campaign. We got some new images of some new maps. Uh, we saw a little bit more of a new hero who uses a railgun, which is kind of cool. And she's a very skill-focused, aim-focused type of hero, which maybe we'll be good at on PC. I don't know doubt it and uh that's about it we saw some new designs of how they're kind of retouching the original characters to give them updated looks in the new game which i think is cool and uh it was a very like lengthy discussion with her kind of costume designer and character designer pretty interesting stuff if, if you're into that kind of thing it was it was a fun watch uh but you know some things is they just they they tried to you know toe the line between making sure they still have those identifiable silhouettes that are so important to this game um but also freshening up the characters and I, I think they did a good job they showed off a few of the heroes uh farah looks really cool they gave her new a new uh like paint job and it looks like the overwatch logo it's like gold blue and white which i like they changed up reaper a good amount 
but he still looks very, very similar. I don't know. You know, it's at the end of the day, they, they, yeah, at the end of the day, it's still the essence of these characters. Nick, are you excited for Overwatch too? Well, too bad. Cause we don't know when that's coming out. Uh, I would say definitely not 2021, hopefully 2022. If it's 2023, that's going to be a shame. Uh, but they really didn't show a lot, so we don't know how far they are into this. It seems like the type of thing that when they announced it, they needed just a good announcement for, um, you know, just for, I guess, to keep people off their backs. And I doubt they were even like, they were probably in pre-production on it. And now, now they're actually making the game to deliver on the promise. But yeah, I, I hope it comes out soon. Overwatch came out in... 2016 so it's already been five years since that game came out which is crazy absolutely insane half a decade so even if it came out today it would it would be you know five years uh so any any longer than that is really a pretty long wait for a sequel um and then there was some diablo news uh we saw a trailer for diablo 4 for the rogue class and we Got some info on a Diablo 2 remaster. Now, Nick, maybe we'll uh, try this out eventually and get into Diablo, but right now I don't have anything to say about it. He will. He'll be on it. He got the vaccine. He's, he's ready to join us in the sun. Well, uh, <laughs> next up on the news, Nick... Anthem is going bye-bye. Uh, I I was blindsided by this news. I play Anthem every day. Um, it seemed like it was all going so well, so this kind of came out of the blue. <sighs> well, let's see. Let's read this in this letter. Hmm. In the spirit of transparency and closure, we wanted to share that we've made the difficult... All right, so, so this is uh, an update on the BioWare website. Friends, in the spirit of transparency and closure, friends, yeah, right, we wanted to share that we've made the difficult decision to stop our new development work on Anthem, aka Anthem Next. <laughs> we will, however, continue to keep the Anthem live service running as it exists today, aka, no, like, you don't, you shouldn't do that. Uh, you know, blah, 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 they tried to fluff it up a little bit here. Uh, it seems like they're trying to blame it on COVID a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I I think they're starting. I think they're starting to learn that. Um, Bioware, this isn't a good look, guys, because Bioware used to be very respected as a studio, and they've been dragged through the mud uh, due to their association with everybody's favorite publisher, EA. And uh, this is just not a good look because Anthem, I mean, Anthem followed the Mass Effect, uh, what was that stupid name? Yeah, yeah, which was already a terrible game that kind of ruined Mass Effect for an entire generation. Uh, Coming off that, they released a, just a, a complete flunk of a, live service game that was just not ready to go at all. Then they announced Anthem Next to try and bring it back and get it working. 
when you make a promise like that, after you've already failed on the promise of the initial game and failed the game before that, and now you don't deliver on that promise, why does anybody, why do you think anyone's going to trust you on your next game? Uh, clearly, they weren't making money. They should have axed it to begin with. Uh, but instead, they wasted time on this. And now they realize, well, we have to get started on our new games that are going to make us money. But they've lost a lot of goodwill, I think. So they're going to be working on Dragon Age. They're going to be working on Mass Effect. They're going to be working on uh, KOTOR, maybe. But I don't know if I want them to. You know, I think, I think I've kind of lost faith in, in Bioware at this point. Oh, yeah, tell me. I, I actually heard about that from one of our mutual friends. I meant to put that on to download, so so tell us about that while I download that game. Ewok what? <laughs> Nick, this is a family show. Is that official Star Wars canon? <laughs> like, because they're not zombies. Like, what what kind of mystical energy is converting full size stormtroopers into these little teddy bears? <laughs> I'm morbidly curious. Yeah, I think I, so I obviously skipped out on this game originally. You know, I was very excited for it at first, but we all know how that went in the end of 2017 with the uh, whole loot box uh, issue. But I believe I got this game, was it free at one point? I don't know. I got it for some reduced price or for free and played a little bit in like 2020 or 2019. And it's a, it's a good game now. It's a good shooter. It's very fun. Obviously, the, I, I think the core of the game was always good. It was just kind of the peripheral monetization that was bad. Yeah. A lot of goodwill, yeah. I mean, because by all accounts, it's a very adequate Star Wars uh, shooter, and they kind of just lost a lot of... Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that, too. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've got it downloading now. It was fun to do like the hero, uh, like battle too at one point because you know I loved. I we're big fans, both of us, of the original uh, PS2 era Battlefront games. I mean, some of my you know bar none, some of my favorite games of all time, just for the pure fun that I had as a kid acting out those Star Wars battles. It felt it felt so grand and epic, and it, they were really great for PS2. And uh, you know, this never captured that same spirit to me, but. I definitely would be down for Ewok hunting. I want to. I want my my dead stormtrooper to be reanimated in some unholy curse to be walking around his little teddy bear and kill his comrades. <laughs> oh my god. That's fantastic. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited to play that. So I've got that uh, queued up in the downloads right now. So maybe we can get on that later. Uh, what else do we have in the news? Days Gone is coming to PC. Uh, we probably should have mentioned this because it's in the exact same interview for GQ that uh, PlayStation's Jim Ryan gave where he was talking about uh, the PSVR as well. Uh, not much to say, uh, here, PlayStation Studios has been bringing some of their, uh, I, I hesitate to even say older, I guess just some of their, uh, PS4 games to PC now, which I think is a great idea, and this is the next one in that lineup. So, previously we had Horizon Zero Dawn and Death Stranding, and now this will be the third, I believe. Nick, any thoughts on this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I don't think it does any damage because now we're even talking about last gen games. Uh these are already at least what two of them have already been free on PlayStation 4. So they've already kind of hit their pretty much full capacity on how many sales you're going to make uh, on that console. So why not? Why not open it up to new consumers and let new people try it out and make some more money while you're at it, right? Who's no, nobody, nobody loses out here. Every it's, it's upsides for everybody. So I think that's great, especially if they start doing it kind of slowly with the, um, what do they call that? The PlayStation collection or the, the PS collection. Uh, if you own a PS five, you get access to like, 25 great ps4 games so those are already free to every ps5 owner why not put them up for sale on steam you know really you got nothing to gain but more sales and that's going to help everybody in the long run it's going to help out these developers get a little bit more revenue that they can put towards their next game and it's going to bring in new fans to playstation who 
maybe play a last gen horizon on uh on their pc and say wow this is great uh maybe i'll get a ps5 to play the new one that's definitely what they're going with and i think it's a great strategy i think obviously microsoft is way ahead of them on this uh whole cross play you know break down the the barriers of console gener- but yeah it's it's great it's i mean it's a it's a mind-bogglingly good deal and in the long run, I'm sure we've talked about this before. In the long run, it seems like it's going to be not great uh, and kind of devalue games. But for someone, you, you want to just throw down a buck for a month and try out literally hundreds of games. Like it's great. That's how I played CK3 was on on Game Pass. Yeah, it, I mean, it'll probably be on Game Pass, right? Oh, yeah. I would buy it again if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, Crusader Kings 3 is, it's a great game. Um, And, and with you on, P- I'm real, I really can't wait for you to get it because there's so many strategy games that I'm not good enough to play online, you know, and it's it would just be stressful. And playing AI isn't always as stimulating. <laughs> yeah, so I could take advantage of you. And I think it'll be a lot of fun to play some of these uh, strategy games together. Yeah, just to put me back in my place. Yeah, that sounds good. Keep me humble. Um, not too much else in the news. We did get a little hint of a tidbit of Final Fantasy 16 um, with an interview with uh, Naoki Yoshida, uh, who is the producer of Final Fantasy 16. And I believe this is translated from an interview for a Tokyo radio show. Not too much substantive info, just a little bit about kind of where they're approaching the design philosophy of this game. Uh, He said, we really want players to enjoy the story, so we're preparing a mode for players who want to focus on story. Since we have quite the substantial support actions, we're of course preparing something easy to operate and smooth to play. For players who aren't good at games, don't worry too much. I'm paraphrasing there. Um, I'm from the generation that is, yeah, I'm from the generation, he says, that has been playing Final Fantasy series from the first game in real time. So he's, he's in his fifties, he says, and he, his goal is to create, (laughs) his goal is to create a Final Fantasy that those who know the good and bad of reality can be passionate about. I don't know what that means exactly. This is obviously a translation of an interview, so these never kind of are one for one, uh, it, it sounds exciting. It sounds like this is a producer who has a lot of respect for the series, but is also trying to take it forward. And he said it's quite action-oriented, but it includes a story-focused mode. I think this is going to be a great game. I have a lot of faith now after Final Fantasy VII. And, uh, yeah, you do. It's, it's really, really fantastic. And just the combat alone is super, super fun. Then you add in the music, the story, the iconic some of the most iconic characters of all time and it's just it's a whole lot of fun i hope uh future tim gets has was able to tell us a little bit about final fantasy 16 shown tomorrow at the state of play but you know yeah if he if he did that this whole part is getting cut out (laughs) uh well nick i think that's it for the news um, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Well, uh, that about does it for the news, Nick. You got anything else you want to throw out there? Any words of wisdom? <laughs> like, like the Buffalo beat? <laughs> uh, I haven't listened since the postseason started, which is what I did last year, too, where I was like, I just completely dropped off, but I'll probably get on at some point. <laughs> that's great well uh nick thank you for joining me on this very special episode i enjoyed our date and brian will never be privy to this you know he's not part of it he wasn't there for uh when we went to pf chang's and he he's not here for this so we were calling it panda express uh <laughs> that definitely changes the like the image in people's minds um, well, okay, say it. <laughs> I'm not going to do that, but <laughs> all right. Well, Nick, I'll see you at PF Chang's, um, uh, this time tomorrow. Okay. Nick, where can they find us other than at PF Chang's? <laughs> Yeah, can they, when are we, how long, what's the, like the statute of limitations on just not saying the YouTube part, really? It's our duty. Yeah, that's fair. All right, well, Nick, I'll see you next week. And uh, for those of you listening at home, uh, thanks for joining us. And goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.